Oh, I, I don't, I'm not. It is literally translated the too good to be true news. Okay, I, I'm not, you're, yeah. It is literally, I'm talking about the gospel, the power of God. The too good to be true Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. I'm just going to really quickly kind of go through my notes today because everything that we're looking at today is what the enemy would love to do. The title of the message is very telling. God's word and God's grace is God's power. I am not going to spend long on this, but I believe I can get the message of this poem, hopefully in short order. The New Testament has what's called the gospel. We look at the gospel as being just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But actually, the gospel is called the entire New Testament, is called the gospel. The word we have taken, and part of the definition we have utilized, and that is very simple, that it's the good news. But today, I'm going to take you, and I have in your notes, because I did not want you to miss it. It's so much more. And for the most part, as I start this series on the authority of God's word coming out of God's grace, I really sensed that what I had to do was help us to understand God's grace and God's word is what correlate the power that you and I need to live in our lives. Take your Bible and put it in your hand, please. If you have one, if you don't have one, that's okay. But when you get home, I want you to understand something. One of the greatest difficulties every Christian in victorious life has, every Christian in the kingdom of God has, is we don't read this book. We read it when we come to church. We pick it up when something reminds us of something. But for the most part... And I don't want anybody to show your hands. For the most part, between Sunday and Sunday, it doesn't even come off the shelf. It doesn't even come. 
And this is one of Satan's greatest strategies because he wants you to think this book is just a book. The Bible teaches very clearly God's word. This is life to those who find it. It is life. And one of the things that we're talking about in this worship time and one of the things that I really sensed up here is there is an enemy trying to bring a cloud of heaviness. And he's been working really hard at doing that, especially in the day and hour we live. I believe that this message I'm going to give you today is one of the most misunderstood messages in Scripture. And it is the message of the gospel. Jump, quickly jump into Romans 1.16. Paul is saying, I am not ashamed of what? I am not ashamed of what? Read this with me, the next five words. For it is the power of God. I'm sorry, I counted wrong. Seven words. Say it with me again. For it is the power of God. What's it do? It brings salvation. That word salvation, we think, well, I'm saved. Folks, Listen to me. Look, look, look at me, please. Quick, quickly, quick, quick. The word salvation means deliverance, means dedication, means direction, means encouragement. When we talk about the gospel, we're talking about so much more than just four books or 27 books in the Bible. The gospel is called the power of God. Are you with me today? The gospel is called the power. If I know that this is the power of God, why am I not doing something with it other than just letting it sit on the shelf? It is called the power of God. Now, let me break it down a little bit. In the original language, there were two words throughout the New Testament that were interchangeably used, and that was the word gospel and grace. Let me give you a couple examples. Acts 20. None of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear, that I might finish my race with joy. Listen to what Paul's saying. He's saying, because I'm not ashamed of the gospel... Because I understand it's the power of God in my life. My entire life I don't count as dear. I have one objective and that's to finish the race. Which I received from the Lord. To do what? To testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Can somebody say amen? amen. Now look at Galatians chapter 1. I marvel, he says, that you are turning away so soon from him who has called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Do you see how he's calling grace and gospel the same thing? He said if you want to understand the, the power of God, you've got to understand the gospel. If you want to understand the power of God, you've got to understand grace. In our notes... God's word says, God's grace is the power. What's that next line say? To set people free. God's grace 
is the power to set people free. Remember, the gospel is for direction. If I can summarize it all down into two simple words, it is for direction and encouragement. A couple years ago, we did a series in the adult Sunday school class, adult Bible study, I'm sorry, the adult uh, Bible class on Wednesday night, and I took you through the entire book of Romans. I usually don't do a, an entire book study, but went through the entire books, book of Romans topically. I didn't go verse by verse. I went chapter by chapter. We did uh, chapters 1 through 3, chapters uh, uh, 4 through 5, and then we went, I think, 6 to 9. We went all the way up to 16. And we broke it down for the purpose of helping us understand this gospel message. Romans, which I am texting this out of today, was written in such a way, Paul the Apostle wrote the book of Romans, moved upon by the Spirit of God in such a way that everybody could, but listen, that would understand it. Unfortunately, there are so many in today's world that are helping us misunderstand the gospel. Let me break this down even further. We use the word gospel in the term good news. Let me take you to the original literal Greek. It is actually the too good to be true news is what the word gospel literally means. Oh, I, I don't, I'm not. Okay. It is literally translated the too good to be true news. Okay, I, I'm not, yeah. It is literally, I'm talking about the gospel, the power of God. The too good to be true news. Paul understood. He said, that's why I'm not ashamed. Folks, it's too good to be true. I am messed up. I am jacked up. I'm going to throw up from the flow up. I just, I just got a whole thing in my life that isn't working. But God said, don't worry. I'm going to bring you the gospel. I'm going to bring you my power to change your life. He understood in God's word that it was God's grace that was given to set the captive free. Let, let's go on here at verse 17 or 16 and 17. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God that brings salvation, deliverance, redemption, direction, encouragement to everyone that believes. How many believers do we have? Lift your hand. Okay, that means this is written to you. To everyone that believes, the Jew first and the Gentile. For look at this, for in the gospel, for in the gospel, for in the gospel, what is the gospel? The power of God, the too good to be good, to true news. In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Not in you, not in me, in the gospel. And he said it's a righteousness that is given by faith. From faith to faith is what it says. In, your, in the NIV, it's the first to the last. From faith, first to last. Just as written, underline this in your notes, please. The righteous will live by faith. Okay, now look at me. Take your eyes off the notes. You, you see this book? The Bible. 
basic instructions before leaving earth. B-I-B-L. Okay, yeah, got it. Okay. This book, if it is the power of God, and it's by faith that I step into it and step out from it, how many think every word written in here is for you to apply to your life? Every word. So when the devil says, I'm about to shake you up, all you got to do is say, God, the devil wants to shake me up. He said, don't worry. I got you in my hands. You're safe. You're secure. He can shake all he wants to. But I'm the rock. And no, but no, it isn't the guy on TV. I am the rock, Jesus said. And he can shake you all he wants. You are not going to fall as long as you stay founded on the rock. How do we stay on the rock? We pour ourselves by faith into God's word. My Bible tells me in Philippians 4, I can, say that with me, I can, do it again, I can do all things. Does that mean what I'm facing right now I can get through? Amen. There's an adage, and I'm not sure that it's a true one, but it makes sense. If God took you through it, or to it, God will take you through it. I'm not sure that God took us to some of the stuff we deal with. Amen. That's right. But as long as you took God with you, he'll take you through it. As long as if you went to it, you repent and say, God, forgive me. And God will say, okay, I got you covered. Oh, there's that word. I got you covered. And he'll take us through it. Am I making any sense this morning? Yes. Righteousness has never been by the law or by good deeds. It's always been by faith. You become righteous by grace through faith. Ephesians 2. By grace you're saved through faith, not of yourself. It's a gift of God. It is nearly too good to be true. Can you say amen? amen? But the truth is God will not withdraw his power just because you mess up. Somebody might say, well, pastor, doesn't that give us a license to sin? Folks, the last I looked, nobody needed a license to sin. They're doing it pretty good without one. Amen. We do what we do because we do what we do. My wife and I were at some old friend's house last night, guys that I've known for many, many years. Matter of fact, we were looking at it. It was 40-something years that we were talking, and one of them was really gracious. The other one was cussing like a sailor. If you're a sailor here, I'm sorry. If, I don't know how sailors cuss. I've not been around lots of sailors, but that's an adage, okay? And at the end, I told my wife, I said, honey, I would have stopped his language, except I knew what I was going to do at the end, and I didn't want to shut him down at the beginning. So we had dinner. We visited. And his language did get better. We laughed about it. We were sitting at the, at the truck as we were preparing to leave, and he said one of, one of the words that he'd been saying all night and the very last thing he said before we left, oh, pardon my language, I, I, I got to watch that. It took him all night, but he finally got a hold of it. But at the end, I set the whole table of people. And they were all kind of perplexed at how they looked so old and so rough and so rugged and so bad. And I still looked. Anyway. As I, was, as I was leaving, Craig uh, said, let us know where you get your Grecian formula. 
for you all that's not old enough to remember, a Grecian formula was the first ones they made that started taking gray away from your hair. Folks, this is natural. Every gray hair I have earned, okay? I was able to sit down at the table and talk to them about Jesus. I said, guys, you want to know why my life is what it is? You want to know why I look the way I look? You know why I do what I do? Is because all those years ago I gave Christ my life. It was, and you've heard the story, it was the, it was one of the men was the, when I got saved, they did an article in the newspaper and, and he brought it over to my house that day and said, do you believe this in this art, this newspaper? And I said, yes, I do. And he said, well, that's, we've never known each other from now on. And it took years for us to restore the relationship. But that was the guy, my wife met him last night. But I was able to share Jesus and I can't sit here and say that any of them prayed with me, but the minute I started talking about it, it was like flipping a light on and all the bugs scattered. They were out of that house except for Craig, and Craig listened. And I was able to share with Ben later, and I was able to share with all of them, invite them to church, tell them about Jesus, say, folks, he's the only hope. He is the righteousness from heaven the power of God that operates in your life and my life, the word that was set, sent to set the captive free. God did not send us, ladies and gentlemen, to convict people. I did not go there last night to convict them. I went there last night to convince them that there was only one hope for mankind. My righteousness, my right standing with God is only through the faith that I put in Jesus Christ your right standing with God. What we need to introduce them to is Romans 2, which says the wonderful, kind, tolerant, and patient God that we serve. He means through his kindness to turn people to repentance. They see the kindness through you. They see the love through you. But that love only comes through the power of God's grace as is, is the authority in God's word. In Luke chapter 18, the story is on the screen, but I'm just going to paraphrase it. We have the story of two men that went to the temple to pray, one religious person and one just a plain old sinner. How many plain old sinners do we have here today? And the Bible says the religious one, a Pharisee, stood on the side and said, I'm, I'm glad I'm not like this other person. I tithe. I give alms. I, I do all these different things. And I thank you, Lord, that I'm not like this wretched, vile person over here. Twice a week I fast. I give of everything. I do all these different things, thinking that somehow that made him righteous. And the sinner stood there, the Bible says, and just beat his breast and say, God, have mercy, mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus asked, which of the two you think went, to, went home justified? The one that was humbled. The sinner stood justified before God. A question that I always ask people is, are you the Pharisee or are you the publican? Not the Republican, the publican. Are you the Pharisee or are you just the sinner? Not in actions, but trust. Are we trusting God that our goodness is what makes the way or his grace or his power working in our life? If a person is putting faith 
in their religious acts, their holiness. This has actually taken them from God instead of building a relationship in God. It's what he's done, not what we've done. In Romans chapter 9, the Bible talks about the Gentiles. And I want you to look at this line that's in your notes. Who did not pursue righteousness have obtained righteousness. Why? The next phrase tells us, because it was a righteousness of faith. But Israel was pursuing a law of righteousness. They did not seek it by faith. They sought it by work. So look at this. We have two types of righteousness. Remember, the power of God is salvation. The gospel is the power of God that brings salvation. The two types of righteousness is righteousness of law and righteousness of faith. Righteousness of law is simply self-righteous. You say one thing on Sunday, you do another thing on Monday, but you're self-righteous because you think I've got it all put together. But we sit back and think, God, if it's by your grace and your grace alone, what can I do? Isaiah 64 says, my righteousness is as filthy rags. James chapter 2 says, if I obey all the law, but I blow it in one area, I'm guilty of everything. If I do 99 things right and 100 out of 100 and I get one simple thing wrong, what's the word of God say? I'm guilty. So what do I do? Do I wallow in that guilt or do I run back to Jesus by faith and say, Lord, forgive me? Amen. You see, this is what the power of God unto salvation that the gospel is. The too good to be true news. If I blow it today, I can run to Jesus and he'll forgive me. If I do the exact same thing tomorrow, I can run to Jesus and he'll forgive me. If I do the exact, you say, Pastor, did we ever stop? Yeah, as we grow in him, as we realize he's done something for me and all he wants me to do is just come to him. All grace, all grace, all grace. It is the gospel unto salvation. You know what happens today? Too many try to measure up instead of faith up. They try to be good enough by something they said or did. But this is the law of righteousness. They go to church. They try to be good. They try to live good. But the goodness is not good enough. Only the goodness of God through Christ, by faith, can make the difference. You say, Pastor, why are you saying all of this? Because this is the way the enemy keeps us beaten down in condemnation and guilt. Because all of us, according to Romans chapter 3, have fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. I know who I am. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus. The power of God that was sent that you and I by grace through faith could become a part of. Let me give you another picture of you and I. Matthew chapter 21. A man had two sons. I'm in number three in our notes. 
a man had two sons, and he asked one son to do something, and the son said, I would do it, and didn't do it. He asked another son, no, Dad, I don't want to do that. But after he went away, he was convicted, and he came back and did it. How many have been the second son? I did. Sadly to admit, I've been the first son. I'll be there. Oh, yeah, I'm there. Not there. I've actually, uh, I've told people in church things over the years that I really intended, but I forgot. Anybody ever forget something? Jesus asked him, said, which one of these guys do you think did right? The one that just said no and wouldn't do it or the one that said no and went and did it? And, of course, they replied, the one that went and did it anyway. And Jesus said this, look at these words, I tell you the truth, tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom before religious people do. John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live and you didn't believe him. Tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. You see, ladies and gentlemen, this word has given us every option, every opportunity through Jesus to say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Come to me. Heal me. Set me free. And God said, that's all you got to do. It's not enough to be enough. Jesus was enough. Can you say amen this morning? You see, it's all grace. It's all grace. As the worship team comes, grace through faith. Not thoughts, not feelings, not likes, not dislikes, not what I've done, what I haven't done, but what Jesus already did. The gospel unto salvation. Ladies and gentlemen, you can put your notes away and just look up here. We need a Savior. We need a Savior. Because we can't measure up. We can't do it. I can't do it. You can't do it. We need a Savior. He gave us a righteousness that we couldn't earn. And that is by faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. The grace that was given. And every single time in my life when I fall flat on my face, I know where to run back to. Folks, I don't always call somebody to pray with me. I just start opening my Bible and start reading. Why? Because I know it's the power of God unto salvation. You say, well, what, do you know the exact right place to go to? Any piece of it is the power of God unto salvation. Direction, encouragement, help, strength. And he'll get me right back on track. I'll realize that I'm a winner, not a loser. That I'm a conqueror, not a defeated one. You see, in Romans 11, it says, if it's by grace, it's no longer works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. The gospel or the grace of God is His power 
at operation in your life. That's why when Paul came to Jesus in, in 2 Corinthians, and Jesus said, my grace is sufficient. You know what Paul knew? He knew I could count on his word. I could count on his word in my life. In John 8, Jesus said to all the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples. If you remain faithful to my teachings. Now, I could get into eternal security. I could get into all kinds of stuff, but that's a whole other sermon. You are my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. But this is the part of that passage that I want you to look at. It says you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What does that literally mean? you will begin to understand. That word no would be better translated, begin to understand the truth. And by implication, the truth you know is what sets you free. The truth you know. How many have ever read your Bible and all of a sudden something you've read a hundred times jumps out at you and you finally get it? That's called a revelation. That's called an understanding, supernatural, something that was hidden that God opened up. You say, well, would the revelation be different for me than somebody else? Not different, just purpose for you. Why? Because God's Word doesn't change. Hearing, as it tells us in Romans 10, it's not about listening. It's about understanding. Look what it says here in Romans 10, 17. By faith, or faith comes by hearing. Hearing the too good to be true news about Christ. People hear it every day. But they don't listen. They don't understand how good this news is today you might be here and you say pastor I have been beating myself up by something I've done or said I might be here and think I'm too bad I've done too much I was sitting with somebody just recently who was pretty much on their deathbed I take that back I wasn't sitting with them I was talking to him on the phone Vince we know him uh, together where I saw Vince and we were talking and he said well my life's a little bit too far gone for God I said are you breathing well yeah that's not too far gone man. as long as you're breathing you're okay and I started to talk to him about this too good to be true stuff and he said well I'll talk to you again and immediately my mind went to the book of Acts where Festus and Paul were talking. And Festus told him, said, I will have audience with you again, Paul. I want to hear more about this. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says today is the day. Don't you think it's time that the devil stopped beating you up? Don't you think it's time for you to get on the upper side? Instead of trying to dig yourself out, why don't you try to bury that past? Why don't you try to get rid of that thing and say, God, yeah, that's what I was. This is what I am. 
But this book says there's something else you want me to be. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.